the people that have done this the best, hands down, and it's a lot of ways, this is the way that the, the most successful agencies that I see, regardless of whether they're doing highly productized services, they know exactly who they serve. They know what keeps them awake at night. They know, they know the pain in the ass of the very specific thing that they can finish the, the, the sentence when the person starts. And when you have that dialed in, then marketing and sales and all of the other things just become very, very easy. Welcome to the Agency Hour podcast, where we help web design and digital agency owners create abundance for themselves, their teams, and their communities. It's true. It's not just a slogan. That's the whole reason we do what we do. That and for all the money and fame, of course. This week, we're joined by co-founder and CEO of Gridpain, Patrick Gallagher, all the way from Michigan in the middle of America. In this episode, we explore the future of WordPress, if there is one, which we believe there is, the problem with most hosting plans, how transparency has helped Gridpain scale, and why you do not owe it to your clients to provide good hosting for no money. We also discuss offering hosting as the ultimate downsell, how to build a dedicated hosting environment, plus a whole lot more. I'm Troy Dean. Stay with us. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please welcome to the Agency Hour podcast, the one and only Patrick Gallagher from Gridbane. Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm fantastic, Troy. How are you? I'm excellent. All the better for you joining us here on the Agency Hour podcast, all the way from, where are you based again? You are in... I'm I'm in Michigan. 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 Wow. And, and so I'm, I'm right here in Michigan. So in, like in the there, middle, that narrows it down. Yeah. Right. And you guys, are, yeah. you guys are coming out of summer now coming into your fall. Is that right? Yeah, actually today you can tell it's starting to get dark, you know, like earlier mm-hmm. and earlier, which pisses me off to no, no uh, end. <laughs> I thought you were a vampire. Um, morning, I thought you liked the dark. <laughs> No, I actually, um, I just discovered really in the last couple of years that it's like, it's not that I mind winters. It's that I am, I mind the gray, like Mm. the, you know, just no sun for four months. It it tends to drive me up the wall. So, Mm. but yeah, this morning it was like 45 degrees, which is not very warm. Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. Yeah. Yeah. That's cold. Um, now, yeah. for those that don't know, we're here on the Agency Hub podcast. We're talking to the CEO of a, a hosting company. That's what everyone thinks. They're like, oh, God, why are we talking to the CEO of a hosting company? <laughs> what po- what could I possibly learn from hearing sure. about someone come on the Agency Hour and spruik their, their WordPress hosting business, right? Um, yeah. I just want to give a little bit of context. Uh, Patrick and I have hung out at live events before. Uh, we've had many, many conversations, and the reason you are here is because you have a great, I believe, a great insight into the WordPress ecosystem and what makes it tick and what uh, what makes agencies, successful agencies, different from other agencies. And you've built something really unique here at Gridpain, which I do want to talk about. But before we unpack that, just give people a bit of an idea of where you came from and how you got into this space in the first place. What was your, What's your background? Yeah. So I actually ran my own agency for, uh, the better part of 13 years, um, doing almost exclusively development on, on WordPress. And so I, at the time I called it a marketing and technology consultancy, uh, cause there were certain instances where we would go fairly down the, you know, fairly far down the rabbit hole of like doing advanced networking inside of people's offices, things like that. But invariably there was always a website component, you know, build, uh, maintenance, marketing, kind of, kind of build out with that, and so I ran that for a really long time, um, 
And in that time, I used certainly every shitty host on the face of the planet, mm-hmm. um, but also also some really good ones. And um, after the second time canceling an account with uh, with WP Engine, um, I realized like to hell with it. Like I need to solve this problem for myself and for my for my customers. And so I actually set out. I had no ambitions of building a hosting company. Like I set out to build a tool that I needed for my agency. And so about a year into that process and about $100,000 of our money invested in that, my wife said, you know, you don't really get excited about your clients anymore. All you do is you talk about that, that thing that you're building, you know? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, maybe do something about that. And, uh, so <laughs> or shut up what, about it. <laughs> or shut, yeah, shut your trap, you know? Um, and so, so I, I went with the former and, um, I largely fired all of my clients. I, I literally still to this day, I, had, I think I have three. And, and the only reason I have those three is because they just don't need anything. And, and I just, I'm really just hosting our sites for them. Um, and so we launched GridPane publicly in February of 2018. Mm-hmm. And we've been head down, largely bootstrapped um, for the first four plus years. Um, just investing our own, you know, our own resources in it and invest, reinvesting um uh, from our top investors, which is our customers. And, um, and now we've got this thing that has helped over 10,000 freelancers, developers, agencies all around the globe. Um, uh-huh. and we power over a hundred thousand sites now. It's, it's something significantly higher than that. It's a little bit difficult to keep track of because we, we don't really keep a lot of stats on, on what people are doing with their boxes, but, um, yeah, over half a million sites have been brought into the world and, and, testing and training and roughly a hundred thousand of them still exist. What was the problem that you were trying to solve when you canceled the WP engine account again and hit a brick wall and realized there was nothing on the market that could provide it? Yeah. So, so in their case, it was, um, their support was a very, very slow Google search. That's how it felt to me. It was basically Mm -hmm. something that I had searched for 30 minutes prior and discovered that probably wasn't going to work on their platform. Um, because WP engine, like, like all of the sort of traditional players, all the sort of normal walled garden managed WordPress hosts, they don't let you actually have access to the underlying servers that are there, mm. you know? Mm. And so my, my background is computer science. As, as I said, I'm, I'm used to rolling up my sleeves and being able to, to mess around with, with the hardware. And, and so what I, what I really wanted was, you know, they had a pretty slick dashboard that made it very, very easy for my project manager, for example, to be able Mm -hmm. to go and spin up a site. Okay. And so she was, she was great at sales. She was great at customer service. She was great with people. She knew WordPress. But if I said, Hey, I need you to go stand up an Ubuntu 2204 server in Dallas, she wasn't going to be able to handle that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, so WP engine checked a lot of those boxes, but, um, but they never just like Kinsta, just like flywheel, just like all of the, you know, the, the big traditional players, they don't let you see or access or do anything with the underlying resources. And so a lot of people that come into the grid pain world, it's not even that they necessarily are, are super pissed about the value for money argument, but it, but a lot of times that's a big driver in it. Um, it's that they, 
it's that WP Engine won't tell them what is actually there. They'll tell them mm-hmm. that they're out of resources and they'll say you need to upgrade and go to the next plan. You know, you mm-hmm. need to bump up and go to the next plan. Well, you know, once they actually start to realize like how tiny that server is that's behind the scenes and how much they're paying above the, the retail cost of that. And then when they also see that like all of the software that's doing the management is actually just fully automated software like what we've built at Gridpane, they start to realize that that maybe this game isn't quite cracked up to, you know, what what WP Engine certainly wants you to think it is, you know, that it's somehow magically, you know, their systems just do all of this management stuff for you. And it's like, yeah, it's fully automated open source software. And that's nothing less, nothing more, you know. And part of the challenge with... We were a WP Engine user for a long time. I uh, we now uh, we now host our websites on Gridpane, so f- you know full transparency. Um, one of the re- one of the reasons that we made that shift because we got to a point where we had you know nine or ten websites on WP Engine and we wanted to write and th- these are just internal sites, right? We don't actually. I mean, I yeah. stopped doing client work back in two thousand seventeen, so these were just internal projects, right? Um, my wife's got a podcast blog. I've got a blog sure. that's like, you know, four visits a month from my mum. And, right. you know, um, and, and then, so we wanted to roll out another site and we had to upgrade on WP Engine to like the 30 site plan, which was like an additional 150 bucks a month or something. I'm like, I just want to add one fucking site. I don't want another 20 sites. Now, I, I, I don't know whether they've changed that model or not, but I know this has been a sticking point and we, you know, I'm – fortunate or cursed, depending on which way you look at it, to have seen inside thousands of freelance and agency businesses over the last 10 years through uh, the coaching work that we do here at Agency Mavericks. There's a little plug for you. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the big cha- one of the big complaints and criticisms and that we hear is hosting, if you get in bed with a company like Kinsta Flywheel WP Engine where you're locked into those kind of brackets, right, you then add another site because you've bought another client, yay you for growing your agency, we're now going to penalise you by charging you another $150 a month to upgrade to the next bracket of sites, right? So you've now got 29 blank slots in my plan that I'm not using that I'm paying for because I'm basically being penalised for growing my business Uh, and – I don't need – and also to migrate, to, to, to go, well, well, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to ch- go to another host is just so fucking painful in, in the mind yep. of the freelancer or the agency owner that I'm just going to pay the lazy tax and stay where yep. I am. Or worse, you end up with 10 clients at WP Engine and then you start hosting sites over at Flywheel because you only want to pay the $35 for another site. And so now all of a sudden yep. you've got, you know, 72 clients spread across five hosts – Right, and yep. you you hate your life because you're trying to manage all the logins in Airtable, and you know you're paying <laughs> Airtable three hundred dollars a month for their fucking enterprise plan, and the whole thing's a nightmare. So, yeah, um, you know the, the the however, I will say this: the challenge I found with something like Gridpane is, and just because I'm a numpty, is you do have access to the box, so you ha- you yeah. provision your own server. It's it's kind of it's kind of management software built as a nice dashboard on top of the underlying boxes which you can access from you know wh- wh- wherever you want to ag- wherever you want to spin up a service can you can you kind of talk us through how it's different not pricing wise but how yeah. the user yeah. experience is different and the value prop is different from the Kinsta flywheel wp engines the the ones that we're used to 
Yeah. So, so what most people don't really realize is that almost all of the managed hosts on the face of the planet, um, every one of the big players that you just named, um, they aren't actually technically the host. And, um, and what I mean by that is that if you're at Pagely, for example, Pagely runs on AWS, which is Mm -hmm. Amazon web services. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so Amazon web services has, 35 different data centers all around the globe. If you're hosted with Pagely, which, you know, at one point was literally my, um, you know, the, it was their breadcrumbs that I was following to build what it is that I built at Gridpane because they were mm-hmm. the tip of the spear in managed WordPress. Then mm-hmm. GoDaddy bought them. And now everybody of any import at, at that company has, you know, done their earnouts and gotten out. And so who knows how long it will remain to be any good. But if yeah. you're at WP Engine, you're at either AWS or Google Compute Platform. If you're at Kinsta, you're at Google Compute Platform. Um, for a long time back in the day, if you were on WP Engine, you were on a company called Linode, which is now owned by Akamai. So behind the scenes of all of these hosting companies, including yours, no matter what it is, you're most likely at one of these large, um, what are known as infrastructure as a service providers. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so a bunch of people in your world probably host on Cloudways. Some of them Mm -hmm. may or may not know that (coughs) DigitalOcean bought Cloudways. And now if you're on Cloudways and it feels like you're getting shoehorned out of being able to use anything other than DigitalOcean, it's because you know, DigitalOcean paid $350 million to that company and it's not really Cloudways anymore. It's some weird uh, amalgamation of of DigitalOcean's making, you know? And so Mm -hmm. what we do is uniquely to anybody in the entire ecosystem is that we have a very, very high-end, you know, managed solution where we're doing 24-7 support, averaging single-digit minutes, handling anything you can throw at it. But what? But we let you own that piece of the relationship direct with the infrastructure provider. And so if you, you know, one of the, one of the best examples of, of how this plays out is um, one of the guys that moved to us right before COVID, eh, a little bit before COVID, he had just recently moved 500 sites from LiquidWeb to Flywheel, and then Flywheel got bought by WP Engine. <laughs> and... And while nearly having a heart attack and crashing his car, he's freaking out. You know, this is an unacceptable scenario for him. Everything that he thinks is going to happen actually happened. You know, his, his account manager changed. His account manager changed again. You know, these kinds of things stack up. So one of the first calls that we were ever on, he's, I'm, I'm giving him a demo and I'm showing him, hey, okay, now you have a server and it's up and running in DigitalOcean. And, and he goes, okay, that, that's all great. That's all fine and good. But like what happens when, when WP Engine just comes and buys your shit? And I said, well, um, you know, certainly that could happen, but look, Ken, whose server is that, that you just spun up? That's your server. That's Mm -hmm. a relationship that you own with a publicly traded company that Mm -hmm. if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, you know how long those servers are going to run? Probably a really long time, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that level of transparency um, is, I think, absolutely is a definite huge part of the success that we've had with Gridpane. Um, it also comes with the, the, the downside that people are constantly asking me, like, what if I don't know anything about servers? Like, what do, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, great. Just don't ever touch them. <laughs> like literally at least once or twice a week, I say, just click the buttons and follow along and then mm-hmm. never log in. You know, mm-hmm. like you, you don't, you don't need to do that stuff. You can do that stuff. You can go through 2000 pages of documentation and just, go completely batshit on whatever you want to do or mm-hmm. just 
spin up some sites and get back to work. That's what I did. I I don't know anything about servers and my brain doesn't work that way. And I just went in and clicked the digital ocean button because it was the first one and then spun up a server and then added some sites. I have, I haven't logged into digital ocean. I'm not even, I don't even know where the emails go. Like I don't, I don't, I don't care. Like it's, if anything happens to grid pane, I could go to digital ocean and go, okay, well, we've got these servers. We've got some websites on them. We'd lose the grid pane interface and stuff, but you know, the, 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 they're my servers on digital ocean, right? They cost me pennies. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't, you know, exactly. Exactly what your costs are going to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know exactly what you're going to cost. But I don't have to configure. Right. I don't have to log into DigitalOcean and configure. So GridPane is is essentially a software company that allows Mm -hmm. you to – Integrate to you know spin up a box on on DigitalOcean, Vulture, Linode, Amazon LightSail, UpCloud, uh, or you know, and then install WordPress on that box, right? And, uh, and, and it has some other stuff built in, which we can talk about, but so, but essentially it's kind of like, you're not really the host, are you? Like the host is DigitalOcean or Vulture or Linode or wherever I choose to provision the server. Yeah. Well, and, and, um, and so some people get concerned about that in terms of like, well, how do we get support? And it's like, well, the reason that you found about, found out about GridPane is because we have world-class support. You know, um, mm-hmm. and so we, we on the regular, um, I mean, we get about a thousand, get about a thousand trouble tickets a week, I'd say. And again, we're mm-hmm. averaging mm-hmm. generally single digit minutes to respond to those things. But, but yeah, I mean, we mm-hmm. are a software as a service that basically makes it possible for you to, at the very minimum, just host your own sites and, and save a lot of money and have good performance and, and have a lot of flexibility all the way up to what. I really want for the world, which is um, we want to have large scale agencies or even just super, you know, ambitious solopreneurs that are, they're couch surfing right now. We want people to go and build interesting hosting companies or interesting productized services on top Mm. of the back of, of our stuff, you know, and it's, Mm. it's what I needed as an agency. I decided I wanted to build, a hosting service for, for my clients. And it was like, the more that I invested in that and made it right for me, the more that I realized that, that I wasn't unique and that there were, that there were more people out in the world who potentially don't like the idea that it's like all the margins going to go to Kinsta, but all the wet work has to be done by the agency. You know, like mm-hmm. when your client's sites are messed up, but they go down, they're not calling Kinsta, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're calling you. And so mm-hmm. you might as well make the margin. You know, and so um, I think it is, you know, it's, it's troubling um, if uh, I'm sure you guys have people like in the admin bar, you've seen Kyle Van Dusen's group, you know, he, he posted something, uh, he posted like a survey not too long ago. And it was like, aside from payroll, what's your largest cost center in your business? Mm-hmm. And almost everybody said hosting. hosting and yeah. I'm thinking like, uh, yeah, okay, maybe that's the highest line item, but how are you not also going, that's the best fucking money that I spend in my business? Yeah. Because yeah. there's n- almost nothing else that you can, there's literally nothing else that you can do where it's like, I can literally show you how to spend a dollar and charge a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and if you're not and doing that in your business, right. then, you know. That's I, right. My, most agencies are just passing on the cost of, I mean, I, yeah. I, had, I, had, I had this conversation almost daily, right? almost daily. Yeah. I, I, I'm hosting my clients' websites and 
Uh, we roll that into their care plan. How much is it costing you to host a website? $35 on Kinsta. What do you charge for a care plan? $39 a month. You're, pay- you're charging $4 a month to send them a fucking invoice. Guess what? You're yeah. losing money. I hope they never email you because the moment they do, like yeah. you're already losing money. Like it's yeah. – it, and, and I think it's a – Agency freelancers and small agencies have this mindset that they owe it to their clients to provide good hosting. No, you do not. You do not owe yeah. it to your your client. You owe it to your client to deliver on your promise, right? You don't owe it yeah. to your client to provide good hosting. Hey, go and host at, you know, Bluehost if you don't care about your business. Sorry, Bluehost. And I'll build you a website <laughs> and I'll put it wherever you want. But if you want my advice, then you should host it yeah. here and it's going to cost this much, right? Yeah. yeah. I want to talk no, about- you t- Sorry, go on. Go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to say, like you, 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 you touched on a, on what has been a hot button sort of thing for me lately, which is this idea of like what I would call hosting and what I would call my agent or my care plans if I was doing if I was doing agency work, you know? Because I think that this is this is an area in which I think that people um, really get it twisted, you know? Like they go to sell the care plan way too late. They go to present the idea that they're going to host their thing too late and they don't make it a requirement that it's going to be hosted in my world. You know, they go, oh, well, the client wants to host on GoDaddy. Tough shit that like literally I would not take a client that does not let me have 100% control of these things. And it's not optional. It's not optional. Like, like making it optional is literally just a horrific disservice to you and to them at some future date. You know, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. something's going to get hacked and it's going to take you four times longer to get in and unfuck the mess at GoDaddy Mm -hmm. than if you just had it working right the whole time in your own world. And that doesn't need to be on grid paint. It can be on Kinsta. It can be on wherever. But but you made a good point. Like if you're literally paying twenty five dollars and then charging fifty dollars for your care plan, it's like, Mm -hmm. no, 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 no. You want to work with people who when you tell them, oh, it's a minimum of one hundred dollars a month for for basic maintenance, the basic Mm -hmm. bottom care plan. Mm-hmm. So that that's it. And if they balk at that, then maybe they're not the right customer. That's right. In you fact, know? you're doing them a disservice by letting them host the website that totally. you spend time and effort building. If they're hosting it on a shitty host, you're doing them a disservice, right? By letting them do that. Yeah. It's just not optional. Like, you know, and this was one of the things that, I mean, back in, you know, before you existed, back in 2012, I did a presentation at Word, 2013, I did a presentation at WordCamp Melbourne called 101 Ways to Elevate Yourself and Demand Higher Fees. And one of the slides was just host on WP Engine because at the time they were like the premium host in the market. And then I had all these other things that you could do, like, you know, make sure your website's clients are secure and, and let them know that you've done that or just host at WP Engine because WP Engine were the first host that had all those kind of features baked in. Yep. And friends yeah. don't let friends host their sites on Bluehost. I'm sorry, Bluehost. Um, but, you know, you kind of you made your bed, so you've got to line it. Um, now, yep. uh, so so talk to me. If I'm like I have a lot of people in my world who are agencies and course creators, right? If I wanted to build <coughs> a dedicated host for course creators to come in and host their courses and build like a dedicated learn dash kind of hosting environment thing, right, and kind of sold that as a WAS or a SAS or whatever you want to call it, a yeah. LAS or whatever, right, Um what would I need to build on top of the grid pane interface for my clients? I mean, I would just give them WordPress access. What, like, how, do, how would that work? 
Yeah. So, so I deal with this almost exclusively now. I'm either dealing with, um, in terms of my day to day sales conversations and, and sort of the, the consulting that we provide to our clients to help them, you know, get unlocked and, and find that, that next place of, I know I sort of want to go in this direction. Um, a lot of it is, 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 is creating, like you, like you described, effectively a productized version of a website. Okay. And, and I had not heard last before, but I actually kind of like that learning, learning management as a, as a service, but, but certainly WAS <laughs> is, is popular. Yeah. Um, and, and the way that I look at it, um, all of the, all of the tooling that we've built, um, makes it very, very easy for people to do this at, at just bonkers scale. And, um, and I think the thing that people get wrong in this context is they get way down the rabbit hole of thinking about all of the little pieces of the puzzle that they're going to bolt on inside of the WordPress install. It's not enough that it has LearnDash. It needs to have GamiPress and it needs to have this and it needs to have this and it needs to have, and then you got 68 plugins installed and it's a complete nightmare shit show. And, um, and that's not a good thing. Okay. And so for anybody that's considering this again, no matter where you want to do it, um, narrow down what it is that you want to provide people. Okay. Um, and then the other big thing that I see people doing wrong in this, in this, in this context, again, like I can wave a magic wand for you and show you like, here's a white label dashboard and here's all the API calls that you need. And, and, and we, this is exactly how we built that checkout or here's how you can take Zapier and nest together, you know, the, the, the checkout from over there to make the thing happen. What people are generally getting wrong in this regard is they need to think of this not so much as even just take WordPress out of the equation. This is software as a service. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I want people to think about it in that context because then you'll start reading the right books. You'll start watching the right YouTube videos. You'll start paying attention to the right blogs because you won't be thinking about agency WordPress development world. You'll be thinking about things like, I need to have an amazing onboarding experience. Mm-hmm. And if I don't have an amazing onboarding experience, then I know that my SaaS isn't going to convert as well from trials to paids to recurring to expansion. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I really, I, if, if, if I could have one bit of impact throughout the rest of the year, it would be to get people to realize that they need to think of themselves if they want to go down this rabbit hole, which I highly recommend that mm-hmm. every agency at least consider because what this solves at minimum, like there's, there's probably some agency owners right now that are thinking like, I don't have the time. I don't have the bandwidth. I don't, I don't know as I want to build this thing. Understand that, that what we're describing, this is what it is that you can sell to the person who can't afford your shit. This is literally the thing that you can sell to the person that says $5,000 for a website, $15,000 for a website. Holy shit. I, I got like maybe 300 bucks a month. Boom. We'll take 300 bucks a month, you know? And so that's, that's how I look at it is this is your ultimate, you know, at worst case scenario, this is your ultimate downsell, mm-hmm. you know, is, Oh, you know what? It doesn't seem like we're a good, we're a great fit. I've got this now. You know, and so if you want, give that a try. Here's a free account, test it for the next couple of weeks. And then again, maybe six months from now, they do have $15,000 for a website. Mm, mm. You know? And it's stickier, like it's sticky revenue, you know, like I, we, we, I'm, we're kind of deep in the high level rabbit hole, which is a whole other value prop. But one of the things sure. that I like about, about that is that you can, you know, similar, 
value prop, you can sell it as a managed service or you can sell it as a software, right? Now, if you're selling it as a software and they don't want you to manage it anymore, that's fine, but you can still pick up three or 400 bucks a month out of yep. the out of the software part of it, right? So it's stickier. If I'm if I'm hosting 150 clients on a you know learning management as a service, um, then I, I, you support me in terms of mm-hmm. I have a something's gone ha- happened with one of my client sites and I need help. You support me, and then I support the clients, right? That's generally how we want to structure things. Um, we do have conversations ongoing right now with people that they want us to handle a hundred percent of everything. You know, um, mm. I personally, I, you know, yeah, if you want to pay us significantly more money to handle front end mm. support, that's fine. Mm. But I would argue that even if you have gobs of money to hand me right now, I would not, I would not let anybody external to my company handle customer support for at least front-facing client customer support for at least the first three to six months and arguably mm. further than that because you mm. want to find where the friction is. You want to find where the where where the documentation sucks shit. And you mm-hmm. don't want me to be making those decisions because hopefully you deeply understand your client in a way that I never will. You know, because mm. otherwise, if you don't, then why aren't they just using Wix? This is another thing that I think a lot of people get get wrong in this context is um is they they go well i'm gonna build um websites for home services companies and you go okay what does that mean and and they go well i'm gonna do tree trimming and i'm gonna do gutters and i'm gonna do hardscapes and i'm gonna do landscapes and I'm gonna do pools and i'm gonna do you know i'm i'm gonna do um hospice care and i'm gonna and it's like okay i guess you could but i can tell you this if i'm a gutter guard guy and I come to your website and you're talking about landscapes and hardscapes and, and tree trimming and 15 other things. You're not talking to me. And that's all, the, all the, the time and leeway that I need to get a little bit distracted by my kids or a little bit distracted by TikTok. And then I'm not paying attention to your shit anymore. You know? Mm, and yeah. so the people that have done this the best hands down, and it's a lot of ways, this is the way that the, the most successful agencies that I see, regardless of whether they're doing highly productized services, they know exactly who they serve. They mm. know what keeps them awake at night. They know, mm. they know the pain in the ass of the very specific thing that they can finish the, the, the sentence when the person starts. Mm. And when you have that dialed in, then marketing and sales and all of the other things just become very, very easy because they That's go, right. oh, and- Troy actually knows what the fuck my problem is. You yeah. know, he, and- he understands my thing. And the thing you is, they don't care, like customers don't care how the sausage is made, right? They they just want the outcome. They just want the result. They just want like, hey, I'm paying you. I want value for money. I want more value than I'm giving you in terms of money. So make this exactly. investment pay off. And I don't really care how the sausage is made. Um, yeah, they definitely don't. I mean, they just want sausage. They just, yeah, d- correct. just let them eat cake. You know, that's what they want. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Hey, if the idea of building uh, a dedicated hosting environment for a particular niche, so if you're in the dental niche or if you're in the HIPAA compliance or if you're in the influencer or the course creator, whatever, if you're super excited about building a productized hosting environment and a hosting platform for your community and you want to use something like Gridpane to drive it, but you're tapped out because of bandwidth, because you're doing too much development or SEO campaigns for clients. Maybe you want to hit up E2M. They are the sponsor of our podcast, Full Transparency. They also sponsor 
our event MavCon, which is coming up in a few weeks uh, out in the in the east coast of the US. E2M are a white label development agency that can take care of all of your WordPress development needs and your WordPress care plan uh, tasks. And they can also take care of your uh, kind of, you know, basic SEO for clients, freeing you up to do more of the things that you should be doing as an agency owner. And what I believe you should be doing as an agency owner is figuring out how to make better products and better solutions for your clients and how to do better marketing. And maybe you just don't have time to do that because you're too busy you know, tapping away on the keyboard, pushing pixels around the screen or updating plugins. So e2msolutions.com, if you go to e2msolutions.com slash agency dash mavericks, uh, you can hook up with those guys. You'll get a, a, a substantial discount for the first month taken for a spin. We have a bunch of clients who are using e2m and who have now seen the light because these guys develop amazing uh, they, they do amazing work. They project manage the the projects for you. They have 180 staff uh, based out of India and they are led by Manish, who is an absolute legend and who is coming out to our event and uh, is just a you know great part of our community. So check out E2M to free up your bandwidth so that you can think about how you can make better products and solutions for your clients and how you can do better marketing. I want to talk a little – so two conversations I want to have. One, the future of WordPress yeah. and two, AI – how, let's do AI yeah. first because I think it'll be more fun. Um, sure. How 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 do you see AI changing the agency landscape, and what is Gridpane doing? How are you leveraging AI? Yeah, so I spend at least an hour every day hmm. trying new open source models, trying trying everything that came out that day, as much mm. of it as I can. Obviously, you mm. can't keep up with it. You know, you mm. can't keep up with it. Um, we have not yet deployed anything uh, of, um, of at scale that I would like to. And the reason is, is that the, the types of benefits that I think that it can have for a company like mine is in having a really, um, a really high end fine tuned model. Um, that literally can take our 2000 pages of documentation and contextualize it into useful, um, customer support instantaneously getting people unstuck. Mm. Um, that's one, that's one thing that definitely will be happening with grid pain. And I think if it doesn't happen with every hosting company, they're high, like it, mm -hmm. it's just, totally. there's too much opportunity there. Yeah. Um, there's, um, but there's, there's a lot of things that are really, really interesting in AI that, um, that nobody's doing yet. Um, that, that I think are going to have even larger, um, potential upsides for, for my, for our company and for our clients, you know, and a, a good example of this is, um, there was, uh, there was a bit of research, I think it was published November of last year and it's still, it's still just almost un, unknown. Um, this guy basically, instead of having mid journey or an image, you know, like a stable diffusion type image model, instead of having that take a prompt and then draw a picture of a cat, you know, on a pogo stick or whatever the hell it is. Um, he actually fed it images and said, make these images smaller in size, but not lose quality. And so the AI model actually started compressing images and he was able to get image compression that exceeded anything that exists in the wild. You know, the wow. JPEG standards, the, 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 um, the, the, the WebP standards. Now, the thing that was interesting about it was the hallucinations that it would have. 
So you'd have, you'd have an image that was like almost perfectly flawless of like the Hollywood sign and all of the, the, you know, the Valley. But then if you zoomed way in, there would be buildings that had actually like made up, you know, where it was just like, I, that's sort of what that looked like. So I just, I guess that's what that looks like, you know? (laughs) And so the image was smaller, but it was not identical, you know, or you'd have something and there would be like a little heart emoji and the heart emoji would have a drop shadow. (laughs) <laughs> and the original image didn't have a drop shadow, you know? And so it was one, it's these little tiny details that it would hallucinate. And, and of course there's some purists that would go, well, not, you know, I've got a photography client that can't happen. And then there's me that just thinks, I don't give a shit. If the, if the heart emoji is, has a little drop shadow on it, that's fine. That's completely irrelevant. Save another hundred K off of the page load, you know? Mm. And so these are, these are the kinds of things that I tinker around with. Um, I personally don't love it for, um, for any content that I would create for myself because I'm, I'm fairly opinionated and I like to write and I'm clearly totally fine with running my gob, but, but taking existing, taking like a customer service person who knows the right technical answer, but maybe they answered kind of curt or they're, or they tend to just be very, very, you know, gruff or brief and just here's the KB taking that answer and then feeding it into chat GPT and saying, Hey, can you make this sound like a Walmart greeter? You know, I think there's a lot of value in those kinds of things. You don't need to automate. You don't need to, you don't need to go and build some elaborate bit of software. You can literally just tell your people to just go. And if you're not certain about a response that you're going to send out, just have chat GPT dress it up for you a bit, you know? Yep. Yep. I agree with you. The, the, uh, we're, we're experimenting a lot with AI and I'm, I'm trying to get something out of a writing tool that I would, I mean, we use ChatGPT to augment our YouTube video scripts, right? So I come up with a concept, sure. I come up with an idea. Uh, I'll go, yep. hey, look, this is what I want to talk about. Here's my opinion. Um, spend a lot of time prompting it. And then it will kind of, so one of the things I'll say is like, give me a 500 word metaphor on why, uh, you know, value-based pricing is better than an hourly rate. And then it will just kind of give me a whole bunch of shit and I'll go, oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Oh, I would never, I would never have come up with that. That's interesting. Most of it's kind of horseshit and I'm like you, I'm kind of opinionated. So I will write most of it myself, but I'll use it for inspiration. Yeah. I am very excited about the possibility of, <clears throat> and something that we are um, starting to roll out is having chat bots trained with our documentation and then yeah. deploying those chatbots into internal Slack channels so that the team can go, hey, I'm kind of stuck here. Um, what's the company position on this? Like because we're we're essentially yeah. an opinionated coaching company, right? So we coach agencies, but we're very opinionated. Like we tell people, you know, you shouldn't do this and here's why. You should do this and here's why. So we're not, we're not like you know, a bland kind of coaching company that says, well, you know, we're not teaching first principles, right? We're teaching very opinionated yeah. frameworks and a very opinionated yeah. way of growing an agency because you know it works. And so I want my, we want the team to be able to go, here's our opinion on this and here's why, so that anyone in the in the company can answer a customer question. And once we've deployed that in Slack and we've got it well-trained, we'll eventually siphon off a part of that knowledge base and make it public on our website so people can come and basically kind of self-help get the, the vending machine DIY version of the opinions that we advocate and that we teach, hopefully give them some value and encourage them to book a call. That I'm really excited about that. But I, I cannot get ChatGPT to be as opinionated as me. It just it just yeah. won't. It's, you know, for a whole bunch of 
reasons. It's probably yeah. a good thing that it's not there yet, but I'm looking forward to the day the robots become more opinionated than me because then I think yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I use it a lot for um, – you know, I think a lot of, the, again, a lot of the things that people are using it for is just like, oh, I'm, I'm crushing it on all these SEO articles. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know is that's actually going to be true. You know, mm-hmm. like I think at the end of the day, I think it's going to be more and more and more important that you are a comp- like, I think it would be better that you're an opinionated asshole and a whole bunch of people don't like you because 100%. at least no one will go, well, chat GPT didn't say all that shit. You know, that guy said that stuff, you know, and so it's like, you know, I I think it's actually one of the things that I see, you know, there's obviously like, you know, content marketing, you know, 101 is like, well, if you don't want to have to make all the content yourself, go and curate the content, you know, and so you see like the same shit being shared in the same Facebook groups over and over and over again. It's like, hey, guess what this news is? It's like you cross posted that in five different spots. Not only is that going to become utterly worthless, but any thin content that doesn't come from a place of like, oh, she's a mom of three kids and she's done this. And this is why her opinion matters. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is why, yeah, the answer is 12, but here's why that matters. You That's know? Right. And, um, and I just don't see, I don't see it getting anywhere close to that anytime soon. Yeah. Um, which is fine. I, I mean, I'm totally fine with, there's a lot of scenarios where it's like, I would be totally fine with the robots making the decisions. You know, like the mistakes that human beings make all the mm. time, every single day behind the wheel of their car. I hope that the, the AI, the AI can't get there fast enough in my opinion, mm. you know, yeah. but, but everybody that's truly concerned about losing their job, it's like you, you're kind of telling on yourself, you know? Like yeah, that's right. Exactly. I, I, so here's, here's, here's my approach to that. It, it, like, and I, I'll say this with this disclaimer, right? No one in our company is at risk of losing their job. So I'm just going to say that right now, okay? So anyone anyone listening sure. to this, if you happen to listen to this podcast and you work in our team, <laughs> don't panic. No one is at risk of losing their job. But I can tell you this. Yeah. The people that I will pay the most attention to on our team are the people that come to me and go, I've replaced, I've figured out a way to get AI to do 60% of my work. How can I be most valuable to you right now? Because I have some time on my hands, right? Yeah. They're the people I want to have conversations with. If you're spending eight hours a day smashing the fucking keyboard because you think that's valuable, right, dude, the most valuable thing you can do is think. And so get like I'm encouraging all of – I'm giving our team full licence and full permission to go and find robots to put yourself out of a job, disrupt your own role with robots, and then come to me and go, what should we do next? Great. Let's sit – and think about how we can make better products and do better marketing and serve our clients better than ever because the robots are doing the vacuuming, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, and you bring up a great point. Like, um, you know, I, I get, again, I'm, I'm on this at least an hour every single day, but, but the, you know, the people that are still gaga and losing their shit about it, you know, a, a year later, um, it's like, I, I constantly, you know, they're like, oh, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you seen this? And it's like, yeah, I keep my finger on as many of these different pulses as possible. But what I really want to do is I want to go talk to the brilliant people that I know that yeah, are on my right. team, that are connected right. to my team, that are mm-hmm. that I'm going to do business with. I want to go talk to really, really smart people because mm-hmm. that's where some useful shit is going to shoot out of our out of our heads. Totally. You know? Like nothing, nothing really valuable, It you know, is – 
okay, yeah, you need a nursery rhyme for your four-year-old, you know, that incorporates these five names of their favorite stuffed animals. Brilliant. That's exactly Mm -hmm. what that shit is for. But if you're going to go solve a serious problem or you're going to go and try and compete with a billion-dollar company, you need to be talking to brilliant people, not Mm – brilliant collections of what everybody said on the internet in 2021 that's right you know? <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh exactly like, hey <clears throat> um I, we, I could spend the rest of my life talking about ai dude it's really exciting i actually feel <laughs> like i mean i just turned 50 last week right and i i feel like this is the most exciting thing that's happened since the internet like i, I i'm gonna say this now i will mark my life going there was the, i grew up with the rotary dial telephone right uh, then yeah. there was touchtone telephones. Then there was the pager. Then there was the mobile phone. Then the internet happened and the internet changed everything in my life. It's like pre-1994, yeah. 1995, we had no internet. Then I had a 7.7K dial-up modem and everything yeah. changed, right? AI yeah. is the next, for me, is the next line in the sand. We will remember our kids, my kids will grow up. My kids are six and three now. They will grow up thinking AI is just a normal part of life, right? They won't remember. Yeah. My nephew and my niece who are in their early 20s, they don't remember life before the internet, right? They've always had it. Yeah. So yeah. I feel, so, I'm like a kid in a candy store. I'm so excited about this because I, what I see now is the potential, right, of the potential is for small business owners to create things that they've never been able to create before. So one of so yeah. for example, there's there's a tool called Opus which is still in beta. It'll it could be a couple of years before it's in production, but essentially you you describe what you want in terms of a movie scene and it shoot it produces it for you. It shoots it. It's yeah. like it's it it's yeah. it's like my, like Max who's a videographer here, our creative director, he said the other day, it's only a matter of time before we tell Final Cut or Da Vinci what we want and it just produces it and edits it and the colour grade is perfect and the audio is perfect, right? I mean, that gives small businesses the opportunity to produce amazing promotional material where previously they would have had to have a $100,000 budget to produce that stuff. And it's already happened in the voiceover world. I'm a voiceover artist from way back. It's already happened in that world. It's already happened in the music business, right? AI is already yeah. producing songs that people can't tell the difference between mm-hmm. the AI and the real version. Spotify's business model is completely fucked because their biggest cost is publishing, paying the songwriters mm. the royalties. The mm. only way that mm. company gets wildly profitable and delivers mm-hmm. for its shareholders is that the robots write and record and produce the music, which will happen mm. based on our algorithm, right? I'll be yeah. tuning into Spotify going, oh, my God, this is a great new record from Death Cab for Cutie, and it won't be. It'll be the robots. And then yeah. the humans will go on tour and as a cover band will play that album live around the world and tour and be the rock stars and there is no royalties and no publishing involved because that's the biggest mm. expense in that whole thing, mm. right? Uber, yeah. biggest yeah. expense, the drivers and the electricity, yep. uh, the fuel, yep. right? So driverless electric yep. cars, that's the future. Yep. So if you're looking at the future going, my job is at risk, then you're right, you've outed yourself. Your job is to figure out how to replace yourself with robots so that you can do something more valuable. Yep, 100%. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's interesting. When, um, when I went to college in um, 1998, I went for computer science um, with a minor in psychology, and the reason why is because I was obsessed with AI, 
and I wanted to go and figure out how to build a brain. So like I had to figure out how the brain works. So that's why I took psychology. And then I was going to take computer science. And, um, and it's funny, I was just thinking about this recently. So do you remember when Ken Jennings and then the other guy played against Deep Blue on Jeopardy? Oh, this was about I, that long ago. I know ago. of it, but I don't, no, I don't remember it, but I've, I know of it. Yeah. So this is literally, I'm pretty sure I was just thinking about this a couple of days ago. I think I literally wrote a paper in high school about, well, I certainly wrote a paper in high school about um, Gary Kasparov losing to a computer in chess. And that was the first time that a grandmaster had ever been beaten by a computer, mm. you know? And, and so that's, that's how long, I mean, I'm dating myself, obviously in terms of age. Um, but, uh, like, it's interesting to see that it was like, I was so, so, so early, like AI then was a complete and total joke, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, so what, you know, and so one thing that's sort of interesting with that is that, um, I was thinking about the fact that it's like, yeah, that everything that we have now is very, very, very interesting, except, um, chat GPT would lose lose its face on jeopardy because it's not that fast mm. and so it's interesting thinking about the technology that they built the massive rooms full of supercomputers that they built to compete on jeopardy you know like chat gpt can write you a sonnet but it might not actually know that migs field was an airport in chicago you know, which mm. is actually one of the questions that 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 the IBM computer got wrong. But but anyway, like um, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you in the sense also that um, that I certainly see this as a as a as a kind of defining pinnacle moment. You know, mm. of of we will sort of judge our lives as it was before that happened, and then it was after that happened. You know, mm. um, and and it's that big of a deal. And so I think that I think that um, it can't be dismissed. It's not. It's not going to it's not going to take your jobs. It's not going to eat the world. Um, I'm not, I'm genuinely not concerned about that. I think it's far more likely that we just melt the polar ice caps and we kill ourselves. than the robots are going to come and and decide to kill us all. Yeah. You know, like the, sun's gonna, the, sun's gonna, yeah. the sun will swallow the earth before the robots kill us. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and there's, and there's a lot, I mean, there's a ton of um, research that shows that it's like the higher the intelligence you have within a given body of people, um, the lower the crime, the less violent crime happens, mm. you know? So it's like, we're going to somehow have this amazing AGI. That's the smartest thing that exists in the entire universe, but it's actually going to be wrong at things that are fundamentally just, they happen naturally. Like the more advanced and in, in intelligence across all kinds of species, like they tend to communicate better. They tend, you know, it's like, it's just, mm. not, it's just going to fuck those parts up though. It's going to be the smartest thing ever, but it's just going to, be a homicidal maniac, you know, yeah. it's just like those things are not really correlated, you know, but yeah. anyway. <laughs> um, before I let you go and I am conscious of everyone's time, uh, cause I could, dude, I could sit here for weeks talking to you about this stuff, but before we go, we do need to talk a little bit about WordPress. Um, yeah. you were at WordPress, uh, at WordCamp US recently. What I, I feel like, <clears throat> and I'm just going to be, you know, transparent here. I'm a WordPress nerd from way back, right? But I'm discovering things like we're using high level for all of our marketing automation, our sales automation. We're using high level for our landing pages and our opt-in forms and all that kind of stuff because it's like super fast. There are no fucking plugins to update. I don't have to worry about backups or security or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, and we're still using WordPress for our mothership website and our blog. Um, although, you know, i got to say I, I've got a personal blog on WordPress that I'm considering moving to another platform just for as an experiment. The platform is framer.com. I discovered it recently. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. 
I discovered it through Reloom, which is basically a kind of d- design, AI design platform that plugs yep. nicely into Figma and then I discovered Framer. I kind of feel like WordPress is is um, is lacking direction. I feel like it doesn't kind of know what it is. I feel like it's trying to be everything to a lot of different people. And, you know, I mean, you're in this space more than I am. What Like where do you see the future of WordPress and – and what is the direction of, and where's the direction coming from? Mm-hmm. So this is a this is a tricky one. Um, I think that I think that Matt Muenweg has an incredibly difficult job, um, and I do not. I literally tweeted to, at him today, and because he's getting blown up about. Yeah, they they replicated the um, the plugins and themes. Um, catalog onto wordpress.com. Okay. So every page, every URL that's on .org for all the plugins and themes is now also on .com. And so if you search for, you know, WordFence plugin, you might get the wordpress.com result ahead of the regular wordpress.org. And, um, and of course, immediately the, the the pitchforks came out, and there's there's plenty of of um, lava to be to throw at them in, in this regard. Um, but then you also, you know, you've got one guy. I mean, he is literally the benevolent dictator of forty four percent of the internet. You know, mm. and 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 this became that that benevolent dictator phrase that's been thrown around for a number of years. Mm. Um, that became hyper clear to me at WordCamp US last year in San Diego, right. um, mm-hmm. and it was um, that we announced that they had invested in my company. We announced the strategic partnership, and um, and then I watched him at the his state of the word his keynote there, basically have one side of the room shit on the other side of the room back and forth in the Q and a, like, mm-hmm. basically it was like someone, you know, and this is just my interpretation of things. And obviously, mm-hmm. you know, some of these things can, can get people very, very riled up, but, but it, you know, you've got this, you've got this person that's saying, Hey, why isn't translations going faster? And then translations is saying, why isn't, why isn't accessibility better and faster, you know? And, and you have this one guy who has to kind of sit in the middle of all of that tension and with flawless, you know, public PR training say, you're right, you're valid, you know, and we're working really hard, but these are big problems, you know? And, um, and I think, so in some ways, I think the, the biggest challenge is, is that he doesn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And so he can't necessarily really drive the product ahead in a way that that Shopify Shopify just has to do one thing, and they have to do one thing really, really well, you know. Um, and and I just think that for as long as he has to not piss anyone off, or at least as long as he tries to do that um, to make to to make it the biggest tent possible. I think that we are going to lag in, in innovation, you know? Um, I mean, it, it, again, it's like you look at what people are talking about in all of at the WordCamp talks. You look at what people are talking about in, in social media. They're not really talking about the deep underlying technologies. They're not talking about innovate. They're not, they're not really talking about how do we use AI to have WordPress websites automatically get unfucked. 
because we've got the logs and we could like, there's 50 different ideas that, that I think we could be executing on if we just wanted to do these things. But, but unfortunately we've got 44% of the internet that they feel, they feel responsible for, you know? And so they're, they're like super hardcore about not having backwards, you know, backwards breaking compatibility changes because maybe 6 million websites will go down. I'm of the mindset. Will we even notice if those 6 million websites that haven't been updated in five years, will the owners of those websites even notice that their own website went down? (laughs) You know, I don't know. I think that, I think that there's, I think that I would be doing different things in his shoes, but again, I wouldn't want his job for anything, for any sum of money because, um, because he is tasked with this, this massive, you know, growing and, and gnarly ecosystem, good, you know, gnarly good, but also gnarly, like non-trivially complicated, you know? Um, so where do I think it's all going to go? I think that mainstream, what I would call sort of vanilla direct to consumer WordPress, I do not think is going to really rock the boat for any time, any, you know, any reasonable amount for the next three to five years. I think what you will see is you will see hyper specialization of teams and companies working together to go way down specific rabbit holes to solve things like security, to solve things like performance. And those things will not arrive in core because they will be highly opinionated and because they will actually be a forcing effect that, that some people just can't stomach. I mean, we're literally living through that right now with our own company. We've got this security plugin that we've helped this, this independent security researcher launch out into the world. And there's people that are very, very pissed off that we've taken such a strong stance that it's like, no, no, this is objectively the right way to do it. Um, you've got a bunch of people that want to say, Hey, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. And we're more of the mindset of like, yeah, it helps if you have data though, you know, like yeah, bring, totally bring your right. opinion, we'll bring our opinions and data and then we'll yeah. suss some stuff out, you know? And, yeah. um, and unfortunately I think that again, one of the, it's sort of the best thing about WordPress is sort of the worst thing about WordPress. The mm-hmm. barrier to entry is zero. That's right. And I think that anyone can sign up. That's right. And (laughs) I think my observation is that WordPress, Matt's tried to kind of straddle the WordPress.com and the WordPress.org horse, right, for a long time. And I just wish that he would go and make WordPress.com a super profitable commercial enterprise and do amazing things over there and let the open source community sort out what's happening at WordPress.org. You know, there have been stories in the past where Automatic have spent $100,000 buying a domain name just to have it redirected away from a theme company who weren't GPL compliant and have, you know, uh, kicked sponsors out of WordCamps because they're not GPL compliant. It's like, for fuck's sake, just, you, you know, the, the the challenge is if you're not like, if you're going to, if you're going to take that stance on WordPress.org, then you have to be actively involved in leading the charge at WordPress.org. I don't think it's, um, I, I don't think it's wise to step in and take the moral high ground on a couple of those issues and then just kind of leave the project with no leadership. And I think that's been a real challenge over the years. Um, and I, th- I think you're right. I think WordPress, what, any innovation at WordPress.org is going to come from smaller teams, plug-in, team companies, service providers, people that build niche solutions on top of WordPress. It's certainly, if you're sitting around waiting for it to come from the top, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and again, I think, it's, I think you're exactly right that in a lot of ways, um, a, a one logical pathway forward is you make .com um, just a direct-to-consumer 
do 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 blocks do your block editor do your full site editing make compete with wix compete with shopify make the most generic Mm -hmm. stepped on thing you possibly can that's great you know Mm -hmm. and then but let.org leapfrog way past Mm -hmm. you you know and and, right. and let let the developer community say, you know what, we're fine with a whole bunch of really old sites not having forwards compatibility now with this with this functionality because we're not going to be able mm-hmm. to take advantage of. There are so many technologies that people people in WordPress don't even realize like how mm-hmm. hamstrung we are. You know, as relates to mm-hmm. if you're using a slight slightly different type of open source software that does nearly the exact same thing. Um, you can see things that are just literally things that are like a s- multiple orders of magnitude, faster, more efficient. You're melting the ice caps less. Like there are, there are baked in design decisions that they made perfect sense 20 years ago when Matt was building the mm-hmm. project, when he was, when he was knocking it together mm-hmm. out of, out of, um, out of B2, like that's all fine. Mm-hmm. But the idea that it's like, no, no, we're still going to live on those very foundations 20 years later that doesn't work, you know, and that's, yeah, doesn't make any sense. Exactly. And and I just think that ultimately I think that it's, I don't believe it's going to go away. I I, I think you can't have something that's 44% of the internet and not, you know, and then somehow lose, but certainly we see stalled Mm. growth. You know, we have enough data and we have enough customers in enough countries to see stalled growth in sophisticated markets. Like if you're in the United States, Mm. you're in Australia, you're in Europe, You've heard about WordPress. You've, you, you've, you know, you've been to that puppet show, you've seen the strings, you, you, and, and unfortunately it's a combination of the fact that it's not groundbreaking software and maybe your agency owner doesn't really know what they're doing, that a whole bunch of people think that WordPress isn't actually as powerful as it, as it can be, you know, because it's like, Mm -hmm. well, I'm on my third Mm -hmm. agency now and my site doesn't rank and my pages run like shit and my stuff's constantly going down because I'm hosted on EIG Mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and a lot of the bad stuff of WordPress uh, that has nothing to do with WordPress rubs off on WordPress. Thankfully you've got hyper developing economies in Latin America and APAC where people are just now really becoming internet, you know, civilians that like businesses are getting modernized in these regions. And that's where I see the bulk of, of growth in, um, in WordPress. And that's why I think it's really cool that they have actually finally leaned in. And there was, you know, post COVID, there was the first, um, first WordCamp Asia. And, and if I was, if I was mad, I would be pouring a lot of dollars and a lot of effort into, into developing regions because that's where your next, however many percent is going to come from. Um, if you yeah. want to capture, I mean, the thing about it is, is if you want to capture the imagination and the interest of kick-ass developers here in the United States, for example, right now, you need to be doing something in the blockchain or you need to be doing something with AI because, mm, shit, you know, a shit hot developer that works at Stanford isn't thinking, you know what, I'd like to sort of work in PHP, yeah, but right. I'd like to work on PHP that like, isn't really even valid PHP, you know, like I want to work on arguably antiquated (laughs) PHP, you know? Yeah. Okay, great. Your blockchain, you know, is that's interesting, but no, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to work on the loop, you know, like I, I'm sorry. That's just not what's happening, you know? So that's right. Exactly. Oh man, we could, I could do this for days and we will again, we'll get you back for another episode at some point. Cause you know, we could wax lyrical about all sorts of topics. Um, 
Hey, where can people? Th- I want to thank you for your time and your generosity coming to hang out with us uh, with us here on the Agency Hour. Where can people reach out and say hello and thank you for this and getting get in touch? Yeah, so um, gridpain.com. Uh, go scroll down to the bottom of the page. You don't even need to sign up and get an account. Join our Facebook group. That is where there's tons more value. That's where some of our, you know, all of our biggest power users, that's where they hang out. That's where we congregate. That's where I share my random musings. If, if you want more of those, um, and you can literally tag us there and ask questions and learn new shit about WordPress. So that's probably the best bet. Awesome. I'm, I'm trying to get good at Twitter, but I just love it. I don't have the bandwidth for another social network at this point. So yeah, yeah. X, X.com, whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what to um, call it. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, so join the Facebook group. Go and hang out at Self-Managed WordPress. It's the Facebook group. Go and hang out there and, and tag Patrick in a post and uh, start the conversation there. Get involved and uh, go and check out Gridpain. Uh, we don't have an affiliate link, so just go check it out, gridpain.com. And um, thank you once again for spending time with us here on the Agency Hour podcast. Appreciate you, brother, and look forward to hanging out again soon. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Troy. This was a blast. Um, I'll, I'll come back anytime. Thanks for listening to the Agency Hour podcast and a massive thanks to Patrick for joining us. I always love catching up with you and nerding out with you about all things tech and marketing and hosting and WordPress. Okay, folks, don't forget to subscribe and please share this with anyone who you think may need to hear it. It really helps us spread the message and get this podcast into the ears that it needs to be in. I'm Troy Dean and remember, friends don't let friends use cheap hosting. Cheap hosting.